BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a winning edition. Hornets defeated the Toronto Raptors last night 119-116. to We'll break down the game, give you our stars of the game, and give you our thoughts on the in-season tournament final, which is tonight, Lakers versus Pacers. It's been a great tournament all season long. I think we've gotten a lot of good things out of it, and uh, we'll give you our thoughts on the final tonight. Helping me on all these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, here with us once again. Rob, great to see you, especially on a winning edition of the HHC. Anyway, we'll take it. We'll definitely take the wins, but was... A little tenuous there for a couple of minutes or two. It was really nice and breezy in that first half, but I'm sure we'll get to all the details of this one. But, hey, a win is a win. They don't ask by how many. They just ask how, and Hornets were able to get it done last night. A win is a win. I don't know what it is with the, the media seeming to be all critical. Like, oh, they were up by 20. I just wanted a nice and easy one for once. That's all. Life's more entertaining with close ones, and uh, it certainly was very entertaining last night. Charlotte ends up pulling away for a 119-116 to 116 win. Maybe pulling away not the right word. They pulled away early, surged to a lead of as large as 20, only to see the Raptors turn things around in the second half, that end of third quarter to start a fourth quarter, really turned Toronto's way. Raptors ended up taking a lead, but Buzz City bounced back. Terry puts the team on his back and gets them across the finish line in crunch time, and it's a significant win here for the Hornets. Charlotte is now 7-13 and overall, but this kind of stems the tide, and that's really what we've been talking about for the last several weeks, honestly, the majority of the season. First, it was, can the Hornets survive the stretch without Miles Bridges? Then it was, well, can the Hornets hang on despite Terry Rozier absent due to injury? And then once they got everyone back for 15 minutes, it was glorious. And then LaMelo Ball goes down to injury. And now we're once again looking at this team saying, how 
much can they do to stay close in the standings until you get the Cavalry back? So far, five games into the absence of LaMelo Ball, two and three doesn't look that bad. But let's look at last night's game specifically. I think the thing that stood out the most for the Hornets, the shot profile, the quality of shots they got start to finish was excellent. They shoot 52% from three. They knocked down their free throws 55% overall from the floor. The points in the paint, they've diminished quite a bit, but that's because the Hornets are getting the open looks they want from distance, and they're knocking them down to the tune of Charlotte going 13 of 25 from three last night, while the Raptors were just six for 32. That was the big difference in this one. I, t- I think you go back to Wednesday's game in Chicago, and that game was somewhat close for the most part, and you think if the Hornets just did not shoot 27% from the field in that game, if they shot even 30%, 35 if they've just had a couple more threes, that's maybe a different ball game. And I know the free throw disparity was a big one on Wednesday as well towards the end of the game, and a lot of that was because the Hornets were just fouling and they were out of position. But you go back to the game last night, Hornets didn't really foul a whole lot. They only had 15 fouls. as well below the average of the team for the most part, even though Toronto did go to the free throw line. In fact, more than Charlotte did 21 times compared to just 20 for the Hornets. But at the end of the day, the three-point shooting was certainly what was big for this team last night. If you shoot 52% from beyond the arc, especially the way that the Hornets have shot the three ball here as of late as well, you would hopefully win that game. And keep in mind, too, Charlotte shot 61% from the field in the first half alone. So, I mean, they were really, really hot to start this game even though it was only a 66-54 lead at halftime. So you think if you're shooting at that high of a percentage, you're thinking, okay, maybe this game should be in the 70s at the break. You're thinking that you're hopefully able to put up 70 points in that first half. But again, 66 is not too far off. But the shot profile, I really liked. I don't really know... Quite frankly, if there were that many times where I was watching the game last night, and obviously it's going to happen a lot because there's 79 shot attempts in the game, I don't know if there were that many times where I sat there and I said, that's a bad shot. I didn't like that look that they ended up going with. There were a couple where they were pinned against the shot clock and they had to put something up. There were a couple of those, but you're going to have that over the course of a 48-minute game, and there's a 24-second shot clock. So I love the shot selection from Charlotte last night. I think a big reason to that, we'll get into our top performers here from last night's game, but we'll get into those guys and those performances a little bit later on. But I think the biggest one you could look at is Gordon Hayward. He finishes with a team-high 24 points. He goes 10 of 15 from the field. He was just 1 of 2 from beyond the arc. So he did a good job attacking the paint. He realized that the three ball might have not been a good look for him. He was able to drive, live in the mid-range, live in the painted area, get those high-quality percentage shots, and that's why that shooting percentage was so high from the game last night, because of the high shot profile. Well, I think overall the Hornets just showed the level of skill that they have on this team. We say it a lot. The the first thing that determines winners and losers, it's a make-miss league. If you can make your shots, you're going to be in a really good position. Hornets obviously shot it well, 55% from the floor, 52% from three, 90% from the foul line. So all those things are good. The way you overcome it, and this is what Toronto does. The Raptors are not a good shooting team all season long. Not just last night. They've been a bad three-point shooting team. They're not a very efficient free-throw shooting team. They get by by getting more shots than their opponents. They don't traditionally do it at the foul line, which, thank goodness, because the Hornets have had a problem with fouling teams. Uh, The stat, which we've been keeping our eye on the last week or so, rings true again. Charlotte, when they allow 19 or more free-throws this season, is 1-10, or I should say when their opponent makes 19. 
19 or more free throws. The Hornets are 1 in 10. Raptors had opportunities, but didn't make enough. They go 16 for 21. If a Hornets opponent makes fewer than 19 free throws, Charlotte is now 6 and 3. So that's a pretty telling stat there. But it almost didn't work because the other way you generate offense when you're not as good of a shooting team as your opponent is by getting more shots. And the Raptors did that and then some. Uh, They were plus two in the turnover margin, so that generated a little extra offense. They were a plus seven in the offensive rebound department, and all told at the end of the game, they ended up attempting 14 more shots than the Hornets did, Uh, but Charlotte able to make enough from deep, be efficient enough to be able to overcome those extra opportunities that the Raptors were able to generate. All told, I think it's a great win. I understand why the postgame media comments from a, a lot of the media members were questioning, well, How come you let a 20-point lead slip away? Look, it's the NBA. The gravitational pull of the NBA is towards Tide. It's about what you can do in the clutch, and the Hornets have been a really, really good clutch team all season long. Something we'll have to talk about later on in either this podcast or maybe another. Because coming up next, we got to pick stars of the game. A lot to choose from. Hornets had four players finish with 20 points or more. Uh, All but two players were a positive in the plus-minus. All kinds of clutch performers will choose our stars next here on the Hornets Hivecast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on a winning edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets defeat the Toronto Raptors 119-116. to This is a significant victory here 
for the Charlotte Hornets. It takes their record to 7-13, and which, look, I know that's not spectacular here, but bearing in mind that the Hornets haven't had a single full game all season long where their preseason projected starting five was fully available or, quite frankly, where their top seven or eight players have been all available, that would be really nice for Charlotte to get. To be, right now, as we sit here, within two games of a top ten spot, within five games of a top six spot, that's spectacular. We'll take that. So Charlotte fighting hard, getting a much-needed victory, and improving in the process now to 7-13 and on the season. Also, handing a loss to Toronto is one of the teams they're chasing. Raptors are now 9-13 and overall, and they have two extra games already played. So in theory, Charlotte could go you know 2-0 and over their next couple, and uh, if the Raptors were idle, then the Hornets would be even with them in the stand. So opportunities abound. Now is the opportunity for Rob Longo to choose his star of the night. Who are you going with, Rob? Well, for me, I'm going to go with the number two overall pick from this year's draft. That's Brandon Miller. Ogier dribbles left around the Richard screen out to his right. Throws it to Brandon Miller, the rookie for three. Yes, sir! Biggest shot of his Hornets career! I think that sums that one up pretty well. That was with about two minutes left on the clock in the game. That made it 114-110 to in favor of Charlotte. It was able to kind of put a little bit of a cushion there between those two teams as it came down to the wire. And again, we didn't really talk about this in our first segment, Sam, but just the back and forth there in that fourth quarter and the amount of coaches' challenges we saw in those final, what, two minutes or so? I think we saw two challenges in the final 90 seconds, and Toronto burned one in early on in the fourth quarter as well, which was a big one at the time for Toronto. So again, a lot of going back and forth there in that fourth quarter just in general from the game last night, but Brandon Miller, with a big-time shot there, was able to push the advantage to two possessions at that point, and he's just been something else here. 20 points in the game last night, 7-15 from the field, 4-7 for seven beyond the arc. Only went to the free-throw line twice, but hit both of his foul shots, five rebounds, three assists as well. Has only scored in single digits twice so far this year. Six straight game in double figures as well for the rookie, who does not certainly look like a rookie out there. He just has been so gosh darn good for this team, especially in a starting role, which I don't think we had penciled in at the beginning of the season and unfortunately injuries has created that role for him and that was another thing too that we talked about here before the season even started was where do you play Brandon and I think a lot of people had him penciled in at the three spot again positionless basketball these days in the NBA doesn't really matter a whole lot outside of maybe the center and the point guard and the guy that brings the ball up up the floor for you but Probably had him penciled at the three, coming off the bench behind Gordon Hayward. Now he's been playing a lot at the two. He's been learning a lot. He's just been such a good threat there at the two guard for this team. And I can't really overstate what he's meant for this team so far. Again, came into the game last night, third in the NBA, and scoring among rookies, Chet Holmgren, and Victor Wembanyama obviously up there, and Chet's been having a great year. Don't get me wrong, he's been doing great things for Oklahoma City. But again, he had that year to kind of learn the system a little bit. I know he was injured last season, but I think that year maybe helped him just to kind of get into the groove of things too. I don't know if he has this kind of season last year as a rookie if he doesn't get hurt. That's all hypotheticals. We're not going to get into that. I'm sure we'll do that on a rookie ladder uh, segment at some You're point asking here. for the rookie no, ladder? You I want am not. The, we'll do the rookie ladder. I am not. I'm just speaking hypotheticals at this point, and that's where my mind went for some reason. I'm because you've ingrained it. You've ingrained it into my brain, but Brandon Miller is just just been really, really good here as the number 2 overall pick for the Hornets this year. That's why he was my star performer from the game last night. I have a lot of thoughts on Brandon Miller, uh, but I want to hear from someone whose expertise is far greater than both of ours combined. Let's hear from Hornets head coach Steve Clifford on Brandon Miller's performance last night. You know, the one thing about him is he's a quick learner, so he had a couple possessions in the first half 
where you know, he kind of tried to ISO a little bit and it didn't work out well. And in the second half, he did everything just trying to create action off the ball. And, you know, he made one of the biggest shots of the game, obviously, the three across from the bench. Um, but he just plays, man. I mean, like, you watch him. Doesn't get frazzled. He doesn't worry about mistakes. He's very focused on the next play. He's just what you don't teach. I mean, that's just, however, that's his makeup. But he's into every dribble at each end of the floor, and he plays with incredible composure. Agree with all of it. Uh, Hornets head coach Steve Clifford there on Brandon Miller. Before I give my pick, I'm just going to give some of the stats here for the rookie class that Brandon Miller is a part of. He didn't win Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month. I talked about that earlier. I I don't have a lot of venom in in the decision. I understand why Jaime Hockey's got the nod. I thought the stats for the the first month plus of the season were close enough that I'm okay with him getting the nod. But just looking at the overall stats for the rookie class, minutes per game, Brandon Miller leads, points per game, Miller is top three. Field goals made per game. Miller is top three. Field goal percentage. If you whittle it down to just the guys who are attempting 10 shots or more per contest, Miller is second behind only Chet Holmgren. Threes made per game. He's second behind only Jordan Hawkins. In three-point percentage, if you only consider the rookies that are attempting three or more threes per game, Brandon Miller is number one. He's the only one shooting above 40% from beyond the arc. Rebounding numbers, Brandon Miller's top 10. Assist numbers, Brandon Miller's top 10. Steal numbers, Brandon Miller is top 11. I mean, everywhere you look, Brandon Miller is filling up the step board. Even blocks. Blocks, he's top 10. We don't think of him as a shot blocker, but he's got that length. He's able to get the job done there as well, contributing at least half a block per game. So I think anywhere you look, Brandon Miller has been a serious, strong contributor for the Hornets, and and quite frankly, I don't know where they would be without him. So great pick there, Brandon Miller. Terrific game, big shots, 20 points, five boards. Excellent pick for Star of the Night. Although he wouldn't have been my first pick. I get my first-round draft choice here. It's got to be Scary Terry. Rogier to his left, picked up by Scotty Barnes. Four on the shot clock. Rogier step back two. It's good! Oh, it's Terry time! Hornets by three! Rogier has just been so clutch his whole Hornets career. Clutch time is Terry time. He ends up with 21 points, career high, 13 assists. He's 5 for 5 from the foul line, which was absolutely enormous. He had to hit some clutch ones to ensure that the Hornets had a three-point lead going down to those last couple of possessions. I just think he's been great. This is now four straight games with 20 or more points for him. In that span, he's 17 of 18 from the foul line. His three-point shooting is north of 40%, and his assists in those four games, he's averaging 10 per night. He is just playing outstanding, outstanding basketball. And uh, Terry Rozier, not just the overall tonnage of the stats, but when the game was on the line, when the numbers meant the most, Terry Rozier comes through in the clutch. Yeah, I think you summed that up pretty well. And what he's been able to do with this team in the absence of LaMelo Ball has been otherworldly. I mean, you run out of adjectives sometimes to describe what he's able to do out there. And again, a lot of people forget, and I know Steve Clifford said this several times, and 
several of us have said it several times as well. A lot of people forget that when he was in Boston, that team was in the Eastern Conference Finals. He was a starter on that team too. So he's experienced. He's one of those veterans here. We always think of Gordon Hayward as the lofty vet, I guess, on this team. But Terry Rozier is right behind him in terms of just the knowledge and the wisdom that he brings. And this has been one of those seasons where he's just been really able to flourish. And I know that there was a little bit of that setback with that groin injury and he missed some time early on. But ever since then, he's been fully healthy. He's been full tilt, ready to go. And it just seems like now that they've had time to kind of gel together, even though LaMelo Ball has not been in the lineup because of that ankle injury, just what the starting five looks like right now, you get Miles Bridges back. There's that chemistry there again. You're finally starting to gel with a rookie and Brandon Miller, who you've only known for a couple months now. Camaraderie is such an underrated thing in the game of basketball, I feel like. And when the Hornets are able to play team basketball and everybody's on the same page, this is a really good team. And a lot of that starts at the point guard position right now with Terry Rozier. A couple of honorable mentions from last night's game, and there's some very deserving players. First off, we don't always do this, but one for the uh, the losing team in this one, the visitors, Toronto Raptors, Scotty yeah. Barnes, 31 points, 10 boards, 10 assists. He plays 36 minutes, and the Raptors were a plus one in his time on the floor. So uh, the, the Raptors certainly didn't lose the game because of Scotty Barnes. He Only had a great his third game. career triple-double as well. And uh, it ends up coming in a loss. Hornets uh, spoil that party there. Uh, Hornets, honorable mentions, Gordon Hayward, great game. Second straight 20-point performance for him. 24 points. He actually leads Charlotte in scoring. Miles Bridges finished second in scoring with 22 points. Also added eight rebounds. Mark Williams had a couple of blocked shots in there. He's a plus five in his 20 minutes on the floor and his return from the back injury that held him out for one game. P.J. Washington clutch shooting and particularly early. He ends up in double figures with 11 off the bench. And then Nick Richards, 15 points, eight boards off the bench. Always makes me feel good when our pregame interview ends up having a big game because it makes it so much easier to get them. Yeah, one more thing, too, I forgot to mention. Four players, 20 or more in scoring for the Hornets. That, in fact, ties a franchise record. Now, it's happened 20 other times, but when you tie a franchise record, you tie a franchise record. So maybe one day the Hornets will be able to get over that landmark and get five players north of 20. That'd be a sight to see. Uh, Nick Richards was was decently close, 15 points. Honestly, well, if he made every single one of his shots, field goals and free throws, he would have ended up with 20. Don't know if there were some offensive rebounds like tap backs for him, but in any case, all positives here for the Hornets as they take the win and improve now to 7-13. and 13. As of the recording of this podcast, Charlotte is now two games back of a top 10 position, five away from a top six, and uh, certainly some wind in their sails. They'll get the weekend off and be back to work on Monday to take on the Miami Heat. And why do they have the full weekend off? Well, it is play-in tournament championship weekend. The field has been whittled down to two. It'll be the Lakers versus the Pacers, our on the championship game coming up next here on the Hornets Hivecast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, a winning edition. Hornets took down the Toronto Raptors last night, 119 to 116, and they now, with the rest of the basketball watching world, can sit back, relax, and watch the in season tournament final. It's the 83rd game, so to speak, of the season, the one that won't count towards the standings, but will determine the champion for the first ever, the inaugural NBA Cup. It'll be the Lakers, led by LeBron James, versus the Pacers, led by Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, it's been a great tournament. The quarterfinals and semifinals, for the most part, extremely entertaining. Maybe not that Western Conference semi, but uh, hey, LeBron was LeBron. He he had a great game, and they uh, beat up on New Orleans. Uh, A lot of thoughts I have from this. First off, I think it's interesting that neither of the teams that make it to the championship, in fact, neither of the teams uh, that really made it to the semifinals period, were the current conference leaders. Boston and Minnesota don't factor in to the Las Vegas portion of the tournament. And I just think that's interesting because it allows us to spotlight different teams. Most of the time, the storyline for the early portion of the seating of the season, sorry, is who's on top of the standings. And you lose some of those interesting stories that are a little bit lower, teams that are making a run and pushing their way up, just because the national sports watching attention is divided up in all the other different sports. You've got baseball hot stove, you've got uh, NFL going on, you've got college football heading towards bowls and Heismans and, and so on and so forth. Um, so this is a good chance to highlight some other stories, and I think we got a really good final for this NBA Cup. Now, we don't know what's going to happen yet tonight, but I've told you several times, my fear, my one fear for this is that you would get to the final and that either the players or the organization would take their foot off the gas and maybe not play their players a normal amount of minutes in an effort to win the Cup, or maybe less to say not to win the Cup, but not to risk an injury unnecessarily for anyone. I think we got the right two teams here in the championship. You've got the Los Angeles Lakers, who have won as many championships as any team in the NBA's history. LeBron James, who has as many championships as any player in NBA history. All right, not quite as many, but he's been very, very successful. I think he and the Lakers approach this as a chance to win the first ever NBA Cup. I think these kinds of things matter to LeBron James, and so I think we will see the Lakers fight really hard for this. On the other side, you've got a Pacers team that hasn't won anything for a long time. They're led by a young, budding superstar in Tyrese Halliburton, who just had two terrific clutch performances in the Eastern Conference side of the knockout rounds, and I think they're playing to send a message that the Pacers have arrived, that they're going to be a contender, a top six performer in the Eastern Conference, and be someone to be reckoned with later on down the line. So, 
are there more glamorous matchups? If this was the college football playoff committee, would they have just plugged in Giannis versus LeBron and called it a day and snubbed the deserving Pacers? Of course they would, because college football is rigged. But the NBA is not rigged. you got to go out there and earn your spot, and I think we've got two teams that really want to try and earn this first-ever NBA Cup, and I think we, as fans of the NBA, are going to be better for the matchup. So that's why you lost your Heisman vote, is because you called no, college football no, rigged. No. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, this is a good matchup, too in general. I mean, you think about it, too. I don't want to call Indiana a small market team, but I mean, they don't get a lot of national recognition. I think I saw somewhere on social media the other day, they were only scheduled to have their required one network game this season before the in-season tournament. Now, Tyrese Halliburton, who's had a phenomenal year so far, has had all this national recognition, you know, pulling out the Dame time celebration over Damian Lillard in the semifinals against Milwaukee. A lot of eyes on that one as well. I think that anytime you have LeBron James in a championship setting, that's going to put a lot, a lot of eyeballs on it as well. And again, this is the thing too, where we, I, I know a lot of people were worried about, are they just going to hang it up for this 83rd game because this game doesn't matter or anything like that? I think that's quite the contrary. You hear what everybody's been able to say on both sides. You hear a lot of people ask the players, what are you going to do with the prize? money if you win and that sort of thing these guys are into it and they really really value this game tonight I think and when you look at it too I mean it's not one of those things where you're going to have to risk an injury or anything like that both of these teams get multiple days off Indiana doesn't play until Monday and they got to go play Detroit who well we know what the Pistons are up to right now so far this season I know you don't take every team differently or lightly when it comes to that but it's the nature of what the record is and where they are right now as a franchise and then LeBron and the Lakers don't play until Tuesday, and they got to go to Dallas, so they have multiple days off as well. So I think the biggest thing that I like about the in-season tournament right now is kind of the built-in rest, more or less, that you see from the schedule. You go back to the Hornets the other day, and they had a couple of days off, and they were able to get ready for that game against Chicago. Everybody had that time off that wasn't in the quarterfinals, so they had a couple of extra days of rest. Then everybody goes out to Vegas and plays those semis. Nobody's playing on those games because the league wants everybody to have those eyes on the semifinals and the championship in Vegas. So you get this extra time off, which I really like built into the schedule. I think that's one of the incentives here with this in-season tournament is we didn't really have this, more or less, over the last couple of seasons. You had maybe an extra break in there of two to three days. But this is like built in. You know you're getting these days no matter what unless you do make it into the knockout round or anything like that. So I think that's kind of the underrated asset of the in-season tournament is just the the built-in rest there. But all in all, I mean... You know, people care about this. I went on StubHub the other day to look at the secondary market for the tickets just for the heck of it. They're going for over $200 a pop in Vegas. So, I mean, it's not a cheap ticket again. People care about this. People want to see it. And I think the fact that it's the inaugural one and you got to set up like LeBron James and then an up-and-coming player like Tyrese Halliburton is having a breakout season with a young, high-energy offensive team. This is almost a dream matchup, more or less, because you just have so many different storylines going on and all eyes are going to be on it because it's the only NBA game tonight. A couple other things. Well, it, actually, just one other thing i think this is really well scheduled by the nba because there's really only one other game period going on all day long you know the nfl is dark for today's game uh ncaa football we're not with the bulls army navy is just a a wonderful spectacle a wonderful game that's in the afternoon and it's in the afternoon so it's before everything and the heisman trophy i think gets handed out just before if i'm not mistaken uh and that's not a game but still if you're you know if you just want to see that then you can 
roll right on over to the in-season tournament final. So I'm excited to watch it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton and the Pacers versus LeBron James and the Lakers should be a great game. Won't count towards the standings, so uh, the Pacers can't help themselves broaden their lead over the Hornets and others in terms of the NBA standings, but they can take home the first ever NBA Cup, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Should be a great night for the NBA. The NBA Cup final from Las Vegas, Pacers versus Lakers. It'll be must-see TV. Then everyone gets the day off on Sunday and then Monday, it's back to work. Hornets will host the Heat at Spectrum Center. Tickets are available at Hornets.com. Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me here. Always good to be on a winning edition of the HHC. Yeah, let's hopefully we have a couple more of these, but between now and then, we're going to have a couple days off and I'm going to enjoy it. Not entirely. We got another podcast for you all tomorrow. We are officially now at the quarter pole of the season. Hornets have played 20 out of 82. All right, technically, I think they have to play a half of the next game, but we're not having a podcast mid-game, so this will be the official quarter poll podcast. We're going to have Sam Purley join us in studio, and we'll have that for you tomorrow, taking a look back at the first 20 games of the Hornets season. Till next time, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We will talk to you tomorrow, right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.